Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. A little disclaimer before we get into this podcast. And you know what this disclaimer is going to be, don't you? Well, we recorded the podcast before Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton were disqualified from the United States Grand Prix. And I just wanted to do this at the top of the show to let you all know that I'm completely and utterly dead inside. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Lots of love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here today to review the United States Grand Prix. And as I joked in funniest tweets, I'm going to joke again. The one in Austin, because there are three US Grand Prix technically, but only one. No, well, technically one US Grand Prix, because the other ones are the Miami Grand Prix and then the Las Vegas Grand Prix, isn't it? So yep. I don't know why Austin gets the whole of the US as as its thing, but fair play. It's probably, well, it's definitely the best. Like, it's an actual racer's track, and the vibes are immaculate. They were there first, and, uh, yeah, it's a good track, and, uh, yeah, let's get into some spicy debate. Now, before we go into any spicy debate, we need to tell you something very, very exciting indeed. P1 live shows are back and bigger than last time. I was going to say ever before, but there's only one (laughs) other one that we've done. So bigger than last time, which doesn't hit quite the same. But full announcement coming out next week. Just to let you know, 3rd of December is Manchester, 5th of December is Glasgow, and the 10th of December is London. So just pencil those dates in if you fancy coming to one of those one of those areas. As I say, more details coming out on Wednesday. And if you are part of our Patreon, you will get early access to tickets as well. So if you want to go and subscribe over on our Patreon, you get that and lots, lots more exclusive podcasts. You've heard it before. So go and check that out. And that is the shout out. Let's now quickly do a little overview or a little sort of this is happening whilst recording thing, which we don't like doing, but we also want to do our podcast. We want to talk about Formula One. Uh, But it's Hamilton and Leclerc in the last five minutes have now just been put under investigation uh, by the stewards after a plank and floor investigation. I've got the exact uh, thing here, actually. A physical floor and a plankware inspection was carried out on car numbers 16 and 44, the skids located in the area, blah, 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 are found to, to be not in compliance with Article 3.5.9e of the 2023 Formula One technical regulations. And now it's going over to the stewards for their consideration. And anything to do with the floor, and if there's any sort of breaches in that sort of area, is usually a disqualification which would be rather large connotations. And of course, you know, once you're listening to this, the decision has probably been made. But if they do get disqualified, one, that's a good P1 to disqualification from Charles Leclerc. Good, good sort of conversion there. But two, Logan Sargent will get a point. That's wild. And three, Yuki Tsunoda will get five points. 
Don't Tommy, how do you feel about that news if it happens? If it happens uh, and for, let's be honest, everyone uh, is is kind of hoping they get another live Matthew Gallagher reaction to a Charles Leclerc penalty, let's be honest. So, um... <laughs> well, to be, to be fair, if he'd won this race yeah, and then yeah. that came out, I don't think anyone would be ready for the explosion that would happen. But instead... We've got P6 to worry. I mean, it's still an, it still it's would kind be of a quite kick you devastating you down thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am on the floor crying right now, and you'll get to know exactly who my emotions and feelings are uh, towards Leclerc and Ferrari in general um, throughout this podcast. But yes, if we do find out mid podcast that it is now turning into a disqualification, it won't be sunshine and roses. I can tell you that. It sure won't. And uh, yeah, it would be big for uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, as well and his pursuit of. Um... Perez's P2, because of course he caught up, but not if he gets disqualified. Absolutely not. So we'll keep an eye on that and see if it does uh, get announced whilst we do this podcast. But before we, we don't need to talk about any of that. I don't know why I even said before. I've thrown myself off. It's late. It's 11.45 at night. Tommy, what is your most memorable moment? My most memorable moment is the final laps and that gap coming down and seeing Hamilton, you know, just over a second uh, finished 2.225 uh, in the end, um, which is incredibly close. Uh, don't quote me on this, but probably the closest I think Hamilton has been to that uh, elusive victory for the, <laughs> you know, since 2021, which we keep going on about. But he was very close. And um, of course, the fact that he was that close at the end adds all these questions of what might have been because uh, it's not just the, uh, you know, there was the strategy, there was the slow pit stop. And, uh, yeah, it makes me wonder uh, if they'd have just maybe gone with a different strategy. Of course, at the time, we were wondering, uh, we were kind of annoyed on Twitch, weren't we, that Hamilton pitted uh when he was going to do that one You stop. especially, you yeah. were fuming. You I was were, fuming because I was like... You were absolutely disconsolate. As someone that is a Verstappen fan, to see you <laughs> absolutely screwing over a Mercedes-Hamilton, I would say, slight blunder mm. uh, of trying to win the race. Uh, well, you know what? I don't think you are a Max Verstappen okay, fan. How dare I like Formula One more um, and want in- <laughs> entertainment and excitement. Um, sorry, I'm just being Twitter. Yeah, sorry. I know you are. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's true, like... Uh, there was that moment where we're like, oh, God, surely you just risk it for a, a chocolate biscuit and uh, go for it because Hamilton's not got that win. And if it's P3, it's P3. And of course, we got that very unusual graphic that I've never seen before to kind of be like, well, this is what would have happened, uh, which is interesting. I don't know where they got that info, but if it's true, then, yeah, it's quite an interesting thing. Uh, but that doesn't cover the, uh, for me, the, the what-ifs if they'd just copied what Max was doing. Yeah, that, that's the, the point I, I had. And, and the conversation we had during our Twitch stream, at that moment, I don't think we're using the benefit of hindsight here that Hamilton didn't win with the strategy he went with because we were saying at the time, all Mercedes have to do, in our opinions, was to cover Verstappen's strategy. Max wasn't getting through the field like we've seen in previous times that he's been out of position. It was taking him a bit longer. He had braking issues as well, which obviously became apparent later on in the race. For me, 
Mercedes should have battled him on track. I know that they tried something slightly different to have faster tyres towards the end, but I would argue that those kind of strategies only work when you've got like an equal sort of performance of car. But it's quite clear that the combination of Verstappen and Red Bull is the quickest package this weekend and for the for the whole season. I don't think that was, that's what, that was a surprise. So to offset and for Hamilton to be six, seven seconds behind Verstappen when he comes out, I'm like, what? what? Now you've made it a time trial. Now you have to catch and pass the fastest driver package, driver and car package that we've got this year. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why they didn't fight him on track because that's the way that you unsettle Max is to be in front of him and to you know, affect him with the dirty air and so on and so forth. So for me, it, I was bewildered when I saw that they did pit him so many laps after and came out well behind uh, Norris and Verstappen. Yeah, of course, he's only finished two seconds off and maybe, you know, he does the same thing and uh, he does that strategy that we were saying that we would have liked to have seen him do where he just copy Max and maybe, yeah, Max, uh, you know, we'll, we'll never know, but maybe Max does pass him uh, and win the race still and maybe it's a similar gap or a bit more but but for me it is like that that what if and and the thing that baffles me is that it's all well and good then being like right come on Lewis it's hammer time let's catch Verstappen Hamilton was ahead like Max is the one that started you know yeah. in six so why is it that Hamilton should be chasing Verstappen it should be the other way around uh, and they just presented like, no, you Max, you have the lead, and we'll come back at you at the end. The the whole advantage. This is what we were saying on Friday, um, and even after Saturday when we saw that Max had that that amazing pace that was like they need to make the most of their starting positions and Max being further back, not it flipping and Verstappen being the one chasing. Uh, sorry yeah like Hamilton chasing Verstappen it should have been Verstappen chasing Hamilton for the win um yeah that for me is is quite uh bizarre and I think in my opinion that I don't know what I don't know why they didn't just copy it because they he had quite the gap so as soon as Max pits you just cover him and you're ahead still on the same strategy and it felt like it was more of a Mercedes decision than it was a Hamilton decision because we heard that team radio where um, Mercedes came over to, and spoke to Hamilton saying, oh, Verstappen's in your pit window. And he was like, oh, I'm not surprised. I'm struggling like hell out here or whatever he said. And and so it, it did very much feel like they looked at the data and they thought, oh, okay, well, Verstappen's only this quick today and blah, blah, blah. It, sometimes the simple approach is the best one. And, and I'm really surprised that Mercedes tried something so different when... It was almost like a strategy that they're so used to doing when they have the quickest car, where they can offset, get faster tires, and then just breeze through. But that's not what they have. They have a slower car than Verstappen and Red Bull. And I'm complete, in complete agreement with you, Tommy. Why are they making it harder for <laughs> hey. themselves? Because not only would they have had to catch Verstappen, they would have had to pass him as well. Like, yeah. there's all, it's all well and good getting up to a second and a half, two seconds behind him. You then lose a bit of aero and, and, and lap time as well when you get close to the car in front. What, what did they think was going to happen? And I felt like when we heard their team radios as well, Hamilton obviously complaining, saying, you know, I'm miles behind. And you could almost hear in the voice of Bono of like, yeah, 
Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, we might have done a little blunder here. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it did feel like that. I've never, I didn't actually think of it in that way, but you're absolutely right that, you know, that that's a strategy. And this is a strategy that we saw many times in 2021, where it was a case of like, do something different to Verstappen and Hamilton go after him and chase him at the end. And of course, you know, we saw that work a few times. Uh, Barcelona 2021 is that that famous example where it's like, it's hammer time, go catch him and pass him and win. That was 2021 when they were on a level playing field. Uh, now, uh, Max Verstappen has won almost every single race and Lewis Hamilton has not won since 2021. And Mercedes have won one race in this new era. So they don't have that advantage. So yeah, it is, it is quite insane that they were like yeah let's let's chase him for the win rather than being like no let's take advantage of the fact that max had a mistake in qualifying and was down the order so we're actually for the first time ever ahead of him sorry to like go into a bit of a rant but like how many times this year pop off pop (laughs) off my king come on how many times this year have we said that mercedes their strength is their like race pace and oh god, just if they were just ahead of Max, they actually might not challenge him for the win, or you know, they might even have a chance because Hamilton's had phenomenal race pace. But the problem is, he starts kind of fourth or fifth, and Max is first, so he's never gonna beat him. This was this was their chance, and yeah, it, it just seems like uh, I'm, re- I'm really just looking at this like, what if? Although, imagine if he had done it and then gets disqualified. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this whole discussion might be completely irrelevant. Uh, question from Soundbrush. Did Mercedes blow the win for Hamilton by trying to extend his first stint? What do you think, Tommy? I know that we said, like, oh, they might have, they might have, they might have. Go, go one way or the other. Did Mercedes blow the win with Hamilton? I don't know if they blew the win, but I think it was the better option to at least try and do that because it, it's it's the more sensible option to have the track position on Verstappen. Uh, if it's a, you know, it's nice to think that Hamilton would have won. I still think that, that Max was, was manager and had some speed in the car, but then he did have the brake issues at the end. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's a tough one. Knowing everything that I do now, I am going to go out on a whim and say, yes, they did blow the win. I think combining the, the fact that Verstappen had braking problems, the fact that Hamilton wasn't that much slower. He was a lot slower in the sprint, but Max clearly didn't have the car to his liking today that made him a lot closer of a target. And they they turned it into a time trial rather than racing Verstappen on track. And that's what I cannot get over. And I'm so surprised. And And maybe it does come back to my point around they're so used to having a dominant car that they almost sort of leaned towards a a strategy that would work a couple of years ago, but doesn't work now. And I think that they're flattered by the fact they're two seconds off Verstappen in the end. I think Max was managing towards the end there and, and whatever, but if Verstappen's behind Hamilton, is he even able to try and outbreak Lewis if he's got those braking problems? I don't think so. I'm just, I'm just so gutted. I think it's more just as an F1 fan. I'm so gutted that we didn't get to see them race wheel to wheel. Like everything was teasing us. So like, right, at the end of the race, they're going to come together and we're going to see if Verstappen can get through or whatever. But that didn't happen because Mercedes went, no, you can have it. No worries. We'll come after you. And the DRS wasn't 
you know, Verstappen didn't fly past people in the DRS like we've seen maybe in the start of the year. And it didn't look, today, it didn't look like Verstappen was miles clear of everyone like he normally is. So He was beatable today. He, he was, was beatable. absolutely so, beatable so today. That, that is the thing that really hurts, is the fact that we didn't see Verstappen have to overtake Hamilton on track, even if he'd have, yeah, maybe, maybe he would have just had... Uh, the better strategy in the quicker car and been able to do it but boy would we have loved to have seen it I just really would have liked to have seen it rather than it been like okay Verstappen's leading now yeah exactly sad times we're just we're just we're aggravated Formula 1 fans we were teased for so long we didn't actually get what we sort of thought was going to happen by the end of the race question from Sam Dougie Douglas are teams now just doing the opposite to Red Bull to see if there's an advantage rather than copying them as they think they can't match them. I assume do they theory. mean do, what do they mean in terms of in terms of basically like oh we're never going to beat Max because he's too quick this year so let's just do something absolutely ridiculous and different. So I guess they were like oh in we, terms we of the can't just we can't just copy here, Max. Yeah. We have to do a one stop and try and trick him or you know cuz I guess you, you can well it happened that not Hamilton didn't just do it. Norris went for something different as well, which is which is crazy. They they didn't just and this is the thing at the time where we're like, both of you just cover Max, you're ahead. At least give it a go. Um and I think with they, Norris though, the the problem was they couldn't copy them like for like just purely from the fact that they didn't have uh another set of new mediums mm. to to match Verstappen's strategy. So that I mean, fair play to McLaren. They did what they did we cover, thought Hamilton yeah. should have done. They they did exactly what uh, we, we thought was the right way. He pitted a lap after Verstappen in the first stint um, to then cover him off and then pitted a lap earlier um, because Verstappen had got through. So, so McLaren did what we thought was the right thing. So it's not like we're, we're saying, do a strategy that no one did because Norris did it, but he just didn't have the the pace on those hard tyres especially. He just he just really struggled at the end. And also just watching, uh, and, and now the more we talk about it and the more I think, yes, we did actually have that moment, didn't we, where Norris was on... Uh, essentially a worse attire than Verstappen, even though they were similar tyre lives. And didn't Max obviously got past in maybe three or four laps or whatever, or what it was, and looked like he wasn't gaining too much. you got to think, you know, if it took him a little while with Norris when he had that tyre advantage, is, is he making easy work of Hamilton when they're on the same tyre? when it's quite a hard circuit to pass. And we saw that Red Bull didn't, they weren't amazing in that first sector. They weren't getting, you know, within two tenths going into that uh, tight uh, left-hander before the straight to then just breeze past in DRS. It wasn't happening. So um, the more, yeah, we the more I think about, about this, the more I'm like, ahead. yes, they did blow the wind. <laughs> I'm like almost convincing yeah, exactly. myself now. that Because we saw that with Lando where he was, he was struggling, Verstappen eventually caught up to the back of him on the mediums. But there was a few laps where Norris was able to just sit in front of him. And we we were sort of discussing live on Twitch, weren't we? Is it worth actually fighting this? And then you were originally like, no. But then Verstappen couldn't really get close enough. We thought, actually, this is definitely worth defending. Uh, and then, of course, he, he eventually got through with, with a dive bomb, which we wished maybe Lando could have defended maybe slightly, maybe, just yeah. a little bit. But as I then also said, that it's quite a difficult corner to defend at, I think. Once you commit to breaking normally and if Verstappen's going to send it on better tires it's quite difficult I imagine to 
to keep the the car behind. I do I do wonder as well. Like, oh, it just I, I do wonder how much the sprint as well as maybe trick teams into thinking that Verstappen is completely untouchable. And I don't think he was today. Um, no. He did a very good job to win. Uh, but I think there was a chance to beat him because he was getting very flustered. It wasn't plain sailing at all for him. It would have been interesting to see, I guess the one thing we do need to talk about is if Hamilton did copy Norris, for example, he would have had to have cleared Norris. It's not like he was ahead of Norris in this whole mm. yeah, this whole yeah. sort of um, dance that was going on between the three of them. So Hamilton would have had to have cleared Norris, which he could have done had he gone medium, medium hard, the same as Verstappen. Um, but he's still which I'm assuming Max, he would have done. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe he would have cleared Norris and then would have been ahead of Max. You know, these are all, of course, ifs, buts, and maybes. But you just look at it and you go, is are we really using the benefit of hindsight here to to, to kind of analyze it, or are we doing what we sort of said during it, which was just just cover him off? It it, it could work, and yeah. it's the best chance. But instead, they just wanted to go. No, we we are, we're going to be quicker than you with four lap fresher tires. Uh, the, That's the, what we want. The problem was, and this is going to be a a lovely segue, is that they they clearly were like, oh, we can we can out. Um, strategize Red Bull here and and kind of uh, b- because Max did medium medium they're like oh well if we put the hards on we could go to the end tried the the one stop and then obviously it was quite quite clear that that wasn't going to work as uh, one driver proved very nicely um, why that wasn't the case Well, what a beautiful segue to my most memorable moment, Tommy. And it is Charles Leclerc's strategy. Oh, my giddy aunt. Right, so um, I did pop off slightly on this in Funniest Tweets as well, as you can probably imagine, Tommy. (laughs) Um, But one thing I've... I, 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 I just need to go and chat to whoever decided that Ferrari strategy. I just want to talk. I want to sit down civil discussion as to who thought it was a good idea to put Charles Leclerc, the pole sitter, on a one-stop strategy in the most aggressive car on tyres that we've probably seen this season alongside Haas, probably. Why? At one point, we actually thought, oh, okay, Charles actually not doing too bad. But then we realised there's another 20 to 25 laps left in this race. So I'm going to say that that was absolutely the wrong decision, especially considering Carlos Sainz literally beat him, as did Perez, and Russell nearly got him on the last corner as well. Yeah, uh, Russell almost getting him was pretty uh, shocking. Um, You know, the man's got pole and then is battling uh, to hang on to sixth at the end is quite... Uh, and then I think, you know, insult to injury, like you say, is that is that science has beaten him. And his strategy is absolutely fine. And what I don't understand is, like you said, we had the thing we the thing we ranted about yesterday was that the sprint is a spoiler for the main race. It's a test of what's going to happen. And the big takeaway was that Ferrari 
cooked their tires. So then they saw that and went, <laughs> yes, one stop. They shall that's try the, the one stop. Way, that's Let's the see. Way to go. Not Let's even, see if today's different. Not even like if they if they'd done a three stop and gone. You know what, Shal? We've cooked the tires. Like we're going to cook these tires. You've got pole, so you're damn quick around this track. Just go for it, mate. Let's start you on softs and just go for it, and we'll do a three stop. And if it doesn't work, if they'd then... started on softs, I think we'd have a very similar reaction. Oh, well, I would have at least. Yeah, we I would have. have we would have. But, my mind. But but what I'm saying is, it's almost like in a an insane way. At least, like that makes more sense than a one stop. Like, why why are you putting the car that's the toughest on on tires in a one stop? And then what I don't understand as well is like when that's gone completely um, out the window. You know, the, the the people that did it was like Hamilton, Norris, and stuff. And then it was quite clear. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. There was literally a damn graphic on the screen that 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 came up that was basically like. The one stop is not the way to go because they said Hamilton would have been third, um, and Ferrari were like, "Nah, I keep him out." We saw Danny Rick like I think that graphic plummeting. came up quite late. In <laughs> I know, <fairness>. but plummeting <laughs> through the plummeting through the field, uh, and it is quite quite mad that I guess they just were like, "Well, it's over now," rather than maybe just I don't know, bolting on some softs and just going for it. Well, that's what they discussed, wasn't it? That's what they discussed. They literally said plan C or plan D with 11 laps to go. And Charles Leclerc said, but you're going to literally ruin my race. Mm. Little had he known that Ferrari had already ruined his race by leaving him out six laps longer on the mediums. The thing is, right, I would have lost my mind a lot more had I not been really concentrating on the Verstappen-Hamilton-Norris battle. I just remember at one point going... Charles still out there on the mediums. And it was kind of like a bit of a shock. I was like, why is... Why is he still out there? Uh, and then I think Ferrari probably thought the same thing. Oh God, yeah, we've got we've got two drivers this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Charles, Charles, come in, come in. But I just um, I uh, I don't know. I don't I don't really have many more things to say. But there's lots of questions, so we need to answer them. At Veroft Rainer, do you think Ferrari are trying to outsmart the other team's strategies too hard with Charles? I don't know what they're trying, but it always seems to be with Charles. It always (laughs) seems to be something going wrong with Charles. What I said in Funniest Tweets, and again, I'll say it here and and we'll discuss it, is I'd love to know how many different options they actually have going into a race. Like plan C or plan D. Do we have, I mean, we've heard plan F before. Can we go up to plan L? Plan Z. Plan L. Uh, where I mean, where, do where plan does L. this end? <laughs> yeah. Where 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 and when does this end? When do we hear Plan A? You know what I mean? Plan A, Charles. Box box. Pick confirm. We aren't checking. We've already checked. You know that's what I that's what I dream of. And I feel like Australia twenty two was the last time that ever happened. So, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what they. I don't know why they tried it. I, I literally have no idea. He was literally in pole on pole. Go, like if you're gonna do something different, do it with signs. He's yeah. in fourth, Risks or not in fourth, wherever yeah. he started. Yeah, he finished fourth. But do something different with him. Why Charles? What? I don't get it. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I, I'm pretty sure um, you've said it, it. Feels like you say this every single um, podcast with Ferrari, um, but it is true. Like Pirelli literally release a graphic and a and a. This is the tire strategy uh, and. Um, 
you find yourself as a Leclerc fan at the end of the race just going, just do that. Just, you know, they're literally telling you what to do. Do that one. Yep. It's like the teacher giving you answers to the homework and then Ferrari going, I don't think they are actually. No. no I'm gonna make, we're going to do another another one. We're going to make a new graphic and there's going to be the, the Charles Leclerc strategy right at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, good times. Really, really enjoyable being a Ferrari fan. Uh, I mean, I, I, I knew that he wasn't going to get a podium probably, but to be clinging on for dear life for sixth slash being disqualified is not what I had on my um on my predictions i'm not going to lie to you yes it's uh quite the the pain for for Charles. and uh, the problem is as well uh and i will uh despite uh obviously laughing um and and bantering with you i will run to his aid that like the the stat about him getting polls uh, and not winning is like becoming this really damning stat for him but it's so unfair because people people use it and try and create this narrative of like oh he's just um like it's a bad thing that he gets the most out of a car in qualifying and then literally has nothing that he can do um you know what's he meant to do qualify fourth which is probably where the car should be and then just finish there it's not it's not a bad thing that he's very quick. No, it's not a bad thing. His his pole to win ratio, I will say it and I'll say it again. That Charles Leclerc is one pole away from matching Fernando Alonso's pole positions in Formula One. Eesh. That is absolutely yeah. mind-boggling. And yet Charles Leclerc has five wins. Charles Leclerc is only nine poles away from Max Verstappen and Max Verstappen has just hit his 50th win in Formula One. Max getting to 50 wins okay, and, and it's seemingly being Checo fans. I've seen some people discussing that potentially it was to do with 
someone else on the podium, but I don't. It doesn't. It it doesn't match up because they were booing more than once, and they were booing when Max uh, when um, Max's national anthem was on and and stuff like that. So you know, I don't have all the facts because I wasn't there, but it very much points towards the fact that it was uh, towards Verstappen as well. And like, if it is Checo fans, why are they going at him? What because Max is beating him? Like, I, I don't know. Or people are saying because they're replying to a tweet that i put out oh it's not the u.s fans it's this that and the other so it's very difficult to actually pinpoint who was booing and why they were booing but what i can say is just jog on don't be an l crowd like why are you doing that it just it just spoils the ending of an amazing weekend by doing something as petulant as that yeah uh i think it, it's unfair to sort of um be like oh why are the the US booing Max because it's, you know, Max has been booed, sadly. Um, uh, other races, you know, even Silverstone, uh, even, well, Monza and, and stuff like that, which we've seen a lot. Uh, the sad reality is... We By the way, it. each time, each time we've we've condemned it and gone, we don't like booing. Because I know for a fact there'll be someone on Twitter that goes, where was this energy back in 1942 at Silverstone? <laughs> I just wanted it's to cover that one off. Great impression of uh, Twitter right there. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it's true though. Like the sad reality is Sebastian Vettel went through this. Hamilton went through this. Like it's a weird sport in the fact that when someone's doing very, very well, people don't like it. Um, it is a shame because he's having one of the greatest seasons ever. And like you say, if it is Checo fans, which you think it was, because you could hear literally hear them shouting, Checo, Checo, Checo. Checo. Um, yeah, like Max is having a great season. It's not his fault that Checo's having a bad season. You know, say Helmut Marko but Tommy, was up he didn't there. give him that position at Brazil. I know. You know, he didn't give that position. You know, say Helmut Marko's up there and you want to make your feelings known because of the, the bad things that you said about Checo, then, you know, you can kind of understand it a bit more, but Max, it's like the guy's literally just doing his job and winning a race. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing. Uh, but what I do want to make clear is it's it's unfair to be like, what this is the USA's fault and uh, they don't get Formula One and they're booing because of Drive Survive. Like, don't don't brush it's not load, that. loads of like a whole fan base just for a few bad eggs. Very well put, Tommy. Next question, Jack the Scammer. Was Daniel's comeback to F1 a bit too soon after his performance at Cota? Is there a possibility for him to take home points with only four races remaining? It was a race that we don't really want to remember, I think, for Danny Rick. Um, it seemed as though they were they, they looked at Hungary and went, you're pretty good with your tyres. Why don't you try a one-stop? And then with about seven laps to go, they went, oh, God. Yeah, this, this hasn't worked, worked out, has it? <laughs> You're getting passed by Logan Sargent. Right, let's stick you in for softs. And then he took the fastest lap, which I found quite interesting, actually, that Alpha Tauri pit Danny Ricciardo to, on softs. Like, he's not going to score points. He went and took fastest lap, and then they put Yuki Sonoda on softs to go and take fastest lap. So they were essentially working against themselves 
for that one point right at the end because Yuki obviously yeah. had that gap to go for fastest lap. Can you imagine if he went for it and it didn't? He didn't get it because his teammate had gone out there for bants on soft tires and uh, and taken a point away from AlphaTauri, which is uh, is so valuable to them. Yeah, exactly. They're not getting many points. It was a great um, decision for AlphaTauri to do that in the end to basically be like. Let's just double this points tally for Yuki because we can. Um, but yeah, it would have been ridiculous and they'd have looked really stupid if Daniel Ricciardo had got the the fastest lap but, and obviously wouldn't have got the point. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame for Danny Rick. It, it looks worse on paper than it actually was because essentially they've pitted him right at the end. Um, he was obviously still going to finish behind Yuki, which is not which is not great. Um, when there's obviously talk of like, oh, he should be in the Red Bull seat because Perez isn't doing very well, and it's like if he doesn't beat Yuki, does he really deserve deserve it? Um, but look, I I think it I think it's it's not great to say the least, but I I think it probably looks a lot worse than it was just because they did pit him at the end and he's like dropped down the order, so um, it's probably if he'd maybe done a normal strategy, he's finishing like 12th or something, but not too far yeah, behind Yeah, he wasn't Yuki. far off Sonoda. He was maybe like seven, eight seconds. I remember seeing yeah. sort of midway past uh, the race and he wasn't as good as Sonoda, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't He wasn't last and miles behind Sonoda. It was just the strategy, the strategy wasn't, the, yeah. wasn't the right, yeah, it wasn't the right call. So, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was too soon. It's not like we saw any onboards of him, you know, with his hand hurting or anything like that. Um, it just was a case of wrong strategy, Daniel being a little bit rusty, probably. Let's not forget, he's only a few races into his comeback, even if you combine yeah, uh, before the, the wrist injury. So, yeah, it, just was, it was a weekend to forget for Daniel, uh, for sure. Question from BYD Rob. Was that Logan's best performance all year? Well, it certainly will be if we get a cheeky two disqualifications <laughs> yeah. for Leclerc and for Hamilton, because that will promote Sargent into the points. But right now, that hasn't happened. So what we can say is that that was a a good performance from Logan. He ended up one point something off Albon. Obviously, Albon had a five-second penalty as well. But yeah, I think that genuinely, not too yeah. bad. That's exactly what we asked of Logan. I mean, the sprint was horrific, as we said. Yeah. Albon finished closer to Verstappen than Sargent did to Albon. But for the race, for whatever reason, it cl- it clicked. We saw Logan doing a little move here and there, little little move, like a little battle with Magnussen, and then he was fighting Daniel Ricciardo, yeah. eight-time race winner. Up the inside goes Logan, and that's what he needs to show. And and I think there will be some promising signs in in the Williams camp that that Logan can do it, and to do it in his home race as well. I'm sure that would mean a lot to him. Yeah, is it, he's going to be a very difficult man to rate in our drive ratings because he's had an absolutely abysmal sprint. And then... If he gets a point, Tommy, we got to rate exactly. him high, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, in the race, yes, I think it was his best performance all year. Um, Bahrain, obviously, he did pretty well. But we've just been saying, like, doesn't need to be Albon. He just needs to be near him. Uh, and... One second is very near, even without the, um, you know, even without the penalty, uh, you know, it's only six seconds or whatever. So he's done very well uh, indeed. And maybe his P45 is uh, 
you know, been put back in a box for a while and see how he does in the next race because you never know. It might might save him for a little bit longer and delay the decision. Certainly might. I think after the sprint, I'm, I'm hoping for his sake that maybe now that the decision wasn't made after the sprint and uh, they waited for the main race because it was much better for Logan. So uh, it's a fair play to him. Question from P1 Patreon member LTV84. How high in the Drivers' Championship do you think Lando can finish? I think he can grab P4. Well, when we look at the Drivers' Championship, Fernando is currently fourth with, with 183. Carlos is 168. Charles is 159. That, wow, Charles losing to Carlos again. And mm. Lando is on 156. So he is 27 points behind Alonso in fourth. And, oh, yeah. P4 is absolutely up for grabs. If he has a few more podiums on the bounce, that's that's going to be his potentially. Although Ferrari maybe turn up one or two weekends between now and the end of the season. It's definitely possible. Alonso, Aston Martin are washed. I think it genuinely is between Sainz, Leclerc and Norris um, to, to snatch that fourth place quite easily, I'd imagine, from Fernando. And I think it'll be a close fight between them. My God, I think that prediction that I made about Alonso finishing seventh in the championship is actually going to come true. If that comes true, mate, you are cooking. <laughs> like you have chefed so hard. Yeah. Uh, because now you are conflicted because yes, in, mean, on one side you're like, oh, Fernando the goat. The man can't keep that uh, tractor in there. Ferrari could still Ferrari, mate. Yeah, true. It's not a. It's not. It's not a uh, locked in that uh, they're going to get twenty five points between now and the end of the season. But this, but this, this question, yeah, the the P four, I think it's a miracle if Alonso keeps it. To be honest, um, Lando is flying. If you look at the the last few results since, let's say, Italy, <laughs> Fernando has finished ninth, fifteenth, eighth, sixth, and DNF. And Lando, since Italy, has finished eighth. Let's forget that one. But second, second, third, third. So he's just bagging podiums all the time. And Fernando is lucky if he's even getting a few points now because that Aston Martin has fallen off a cliff. So, um, of course, McLaren have now leapfrogged them in the championship, uh, the Constructors' Championship as well, which... My God. No imagine, surprise. It's no surprise, but imagine saying that was the case after like Miami when Alonso's just got, or Monaco, when Alonso's just got his goodness knows how many podium in a row and McLaren are finishing like 15th every week. Uh, what a turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> McLaren were literally like last in the constructors after the first couple of, se- uh, first couple of yeah, races, they were, weren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, what a turnaround. Definitely up for grabs. Uh, P4. I think it's going to be between uh, Norris and the Ferraris, and I think the, the way Ferrari are going uh, could well be Lando's because he is one of those drivers who's bagging like the maximum him and his team. So fair play, and it will be yeah insane to think when uh, we were like, oh god, Lando needs to leave McLaren. They're absolutely washed, and then he's might well bag P4 in the championship, which would be an incredible achievement. It certainly would. Let's see how that unfolds in the last few races of the season. We now move to biggest winner, driver or team. Who is going to be my biggest winner? That is, re- I mean, it depends if Hamilton and Leclerc get disqualified because I would say the biggest winner is definitely Logan Sargent then with a 
absolute whopping one point to his name. Uh, but without that, I would say, oh, I can't even go Hamilton, even though he finished P2 in two <laughs> yeah. seconds off Verstappen, because I genuinely think they fumbled the bag to win. I'm oh, going to go Sonoda so because uh, mm. he's actually got a couple of points on the board. He's finally, there was that moment where I was like, oh my God, he's going to finish P11 again. He's actually ended up with two points. Like you say, if there's the disqualifications, he could end up with more. And uh, yeah, if he ends up with five points, AlphaTauri will be right on Hass's tail for, for P9. Um, which, yeah, that it, it seems like AlphaTauri really don't um, bag haven't really bagged many points this season at all. So uh, I think that's a great result for them to actually get some points in the bag. But it is an unusual one because, yeah, there's not there's not been a huge standout, really. I'm going to go with Lando Norris uh, because he's absolutely wiped the floor with his teammate this, uh, this weekend. Uh, obviously, Piastri had to retire. Sorry for the biggest flop prediction. Um, but I think Norris was was quality this weekend. The McLaren wasn't going to be on paper absolutely amazing like it was in Qatar, for example, but he he was he was brilliant. You know, he took the lead at the start and tried to utilize as much as he possibly could uh, with the strategy in the car that he had. And yeah, I'm going to say Lando Norris. Nice. Uh, I think under underrated drivers as well, I think could argue uh, maybe Gasly and a Stroll as well because, you know, Stroll came from the pit lane. P9 is actually a pretty decent result and his first points in a, in a while, so. Yeah, it may have been uh, Alonso had, uh, yeah, had he not exactly. had to retire right at the end as well. Um, so sad times uh, for Fernando because that would have been pretty epic. Uh, next, we go to Biggest Loser. <laughs> Might even be Piastri, you know. Piastri, uh, he's I think Piastri, because he was slow, weekend, uh, especially, and then retired. Yeah, exactly. Especially after, you know, being the most hyped man on earth for the last few rounds, and then kind of come to Austin, not not really looked on Lando's pace, and then had a retirement as well, um, which is not not great. Yeah, I didn't mean it for it to be that bad. Uh, whoops, a daisy, and. As we're speaking about that, let's now reflect on our predictions that we made on Wednesday and see how we did. And I feel like Tommy is going to do a Jeremy Clarkson and pull the smug face for this particular <laughs> section. But unless if Hamilton oh, and yeah. get disqualified, oh, then that's going to get me, Let me changed. bask in the glory now before it all goes yeah. wrong. We will have to amend the points uh, <laughs> if if this uh, if this does change. Uh, but first and foremost, biggest good surprise. Uh, I said Lewis Hamilton and so did you. And as of right now, it's a provisional one point. Yeah. But if Hamilton gets disqualified, that's going to get eradicated. Biggest flop. I said Oscar Piastri. Boy, did he I flop. want to apologise to all McLaren and Oscar Piastri fans for the level of which the flop flopped. I didn't mean it for it to be this bad. I couldn't believe that it was as bad as it was. Like Just his pace was nowhere. And then for his car to just retire in the race, I was like, oh, no. The powers are back, and they're back in a in a big way. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to take that point. But sorry, uh, I went for Daniel Ricciardo, uh, and he finished dead last on the road. Uh, I would have argued had he kept fastest lap that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he can't can't be, be the fucking fastest guy on track, mate. Fastest, fastest guy on track. Uh, but no, um, yeah, I think that was a reasonably floppy uh, result. So yes. Uh, we were cooking with biggest flop this week, that's for sure. 
certainly were. Sprint shootout. I went for Lewis Hamilton. Zero points. I went for Max Verstappen. <laughs> a point. Well done. The sprint winner. I went for Max Verstappen. You went for Max Verstappen. Yep. Correct. Pole position. I went for Max Verstappen. And you went for Lewis Hamilton. No, none of us back. Should have backed my boy. What an idiot. And then my top three, or our top three, actually. So we start with third place. I went for George Russell. Yeah, that worked out well. He was really good this weekend. I went for Lando Norris, P3. To be fair, this is going to change big. It's not only to get disqualified. Lando I really wanted up. to be smug, but I don't think... Wait, so, so if Hamilton... So who's... It'll be... Signs will be on the podium then, if, if that does, if that does Max happen. Max Lando Science, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but right now, yes, well done, Lando. One point. Congratulations. Second, I went for Max Verstappen. That was so close. Oh, my God. I forgot how I put yeah. first and second that way round. Like, Mercedes, why did you fumble the bag? I felt it in my veins. But it didn't happen. So zero points again. Uh, Hamilton P2, which for now is correct. Congrats on that one. And then first, I went for Lewis Hamilton, and you went for... Max Verstappen. So, yeah, well top done. three so far locked in before score. disqualification goes wrong. <laughs> yes, uh, and then our one crazy prediction. I said Sergio Perez makes Q3. Come on, the lad. We love to see it. It was close. It was very <laughs> close. The second, even a, though he did have his other lap. Got but, a whopping um, P9. Uh, yeah. And I went for Lance Stroll makes it into a Q2. Um, Did you? Yeah, that is actually AQ2. the wording. Is That's what actually I said. in the sheet. Yeah. yeah, but we asked Twitch, and they were like, mm, "Well." Uh, and I think no, but if you said into AQ, yeah, that's I will what that was. What point. I meant. Fair yeah, I did actually genuinely said? mean that. I did actually genuinely <laughs> copy that from the sheet. That's what I said. So. Fair. All right. Cool. All right. I'll give you the full <laughs> point then. Well done. It was if it was if it said Q two and then you were yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. I didn't specify which one. <laughs> um, so well done, Tommy. You've absolutely chefed this week. Congratulations uh, for, for now. that. Really happy for you. I hope you're happy with the money. And then the three crazy predictions from you, wonderful lot that listen. Uh, Danny Rick comeback points. Good God, that did not work for you, MJ95. Uh, Passy Ruti, Alfa Romeo get more points. No. And then FF Peter MF, three different teams on the podium. Yes. Chefing. Well mm. done, Peter, for that one. And it still will actually and be that right, will, even will if. will be correct. Yeah, yeah even, even if, if Hamilton gets disqualified. So. Well done, uh, Peter, for that one. That was that was lovely stuff. And we now come to the end of the podcast. Tommy, it is half past midnight. I'm proud of you for staying awake. I'm struggling <laughs> a little bit. What are your final coherent thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts? Oh, I did actually think of something. Um, a funny moment, if you didn't join us on our Twitch chat. Um, one why didn't you join us on Twitch? Because it's good vibes and uh, very good vibes. Very good vibes. Um, but there was a funny moment when we were watching the start of the race, and um, Matt, you were like, "Why aren't they showing? Why, why do they keep showing Anthony Joshua? It's not like he's Elon Musk or something." And then Elon Musk appeared. And the funniest thing about that, you know, I joked that Elon Musk watched the stream and was like, "Oh, I better get Dakota." He did actually arrive an hour late from the start of the race. So at that point, when you said that, he was not there. That is absolutely <laughs> crazy. And then Elon Musk is like, better get myself to Kota. And he arrived because I saw what? it on uh, 
our old pal uh, Katie's story, who's there uh, out there in Kota, she did a an Insta story about Elon Musk arriving <laughs> an hour late to the race. No way. So, so that's confirmation as well that I didn't say that after seeing him there or yeah, something. Like, you were just like, oh, Elon there. Musk, uh, and then you just then, felt it. Oh, that, my that God. was a good. It's like your biggest flop. You can just sense when a celebrity is on the way. <laughs> Amazing stuff. My final thoughts are, again, I want to apologise to Oscar Piastri. I want to apologise to his mum as well. I know that oh. she very much lives and breathes uh, his results. And um, I'm looking forward to a triple header. We we don't stop, baby. We keep going. we got Mexico where, look, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. It's definitely worth listening and absorbing all of our content for the rest of the season and the rest of eternity. But you need to be ready for what Red Bull and Max Verstappen are going to do to us this weekend coming up, because I feel like it might well be disgusting. <laughs> They're going to be quick. They're going to be very, very quick. So you can only, I mean, I might start chefing for the predictions or I might go very, very safe because Tommy's probably now ahead of me. You'll have to wait and see. And until then, look forward to our driver ratings, of course, that are coming out uh, on Tuesday. We're flying out to Valencia. We're going to go drive uh, a Formula E Gen 3 car, which is going to be very exciting Wild. indeed on the Thursday. Uh, but all the content that you're used to will be coming your way as normal and lots more fun social media stuff as well from our time out in Valencia. So thank you, everybody, once and for all. I'm very tired. <laughs> you're amazing. Thank you for all, your, all of your support on Twitch or wherever you listen and watch us you've been amazing to us over these last nine months and we can't wait to do more to the end of the season and uh, into the rest of Narnia bye bye P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST creator network 